Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. What's happening? Hey, I took the day off. You did? I did. Lucky duck. I know. What'd you do? Anything fun? Nothing. <laughs> you did then everything fun. I binge watched <laughs> Supernatural. Oh. <laughs> Haven't you finished that? Haven't you been watching that for like... I have, and I watched episodes again because they were on when I turned something else off. And I was like, ooh, Sam and Dean, early on, they were great. I sort of lost lost a momentum later in the, the series, but, but <laughs> it was in the early days of classic Sam and Dean. So. That's fantastic. So you took the day off. I did. And now here we are recording another episode of Spirit Sherpa. Yeah. And we've got a guest with us again. We do. I'm super excited. Okay. So my my friend Lisa Sandhusen, um actually introduced me to this lovely man in D.C. Um, his name is Randy Goldberg, and she spoke very highly of him. And I have discovered in just the few interactions that we've had that he is, in fact, a lovely human and really kind and caring individual. And I am super excited to have him on the podcast with us today. He is also someone who makes his living as a spiritual practitioner. And I thought that after 63 episodes uh, for our 64th episode, I thought it might be nice to answer the unasked question hey, what happens if I ditch my life and do this? <laughs> because you know you're all thinking about it. <laughs> so so uh, I thought that Randy and I could rap about that since uh, we've both been on the path doing this for a while. And Randy, you're doing a lot of different 
pieces and parts, right? You've got a bunch of different modalities that you work. Yeah, absolutely. I wear a lot of different hats. I'm always learning. So adding new things to my toolbox all the time. Right now on your website, and and it's randygoldberg.org in case people are wanting to follow along. On your website, it says that you do family constellation work and cranial sacral and astrology. Yeah, Western and Vedic astrology, both systems. What's the difference? Oh, well, there's quite a big difference. Um, so I studied two years in India. Um, a lot more people know about uh, Western astrology and the Indian system, the Vedic astrology is very complex. It really takes a large commitment to, to learn. But in general, the main difference is Western astrology is more about personality typing, kind of like Myers-Briggs sort of thing. And the Indian is a little bit more predictive, more karmic. And usually they're, they're both kind of saying the same things, they're describing the same things from a little bit different perspective. So they tend to overlap. And, and when I do a reading, I'll, I'll tell a person about both of their charts so they can kind of feel which one resonates more with them. And, well, that sounds cool. awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to admit, I don't think I've ever met anybody who did Vedic astrology. And that's, you know. Yeah, I mean, one of the neat things about the, the Indian system is there's uh, it's called Dasha period. So there's different times of your life that are ruled by different planets. So they're like different chapters. And so it's really fascinating to go through your life. And some of them are short for a couple of years and some are long for 10, even up to 20 years. So it's fascinating to see how. There's periods and chapters in your life, and often when people are going through a big shift, it turns out, oh, well, you're having a Dasha shift going on right now, and that's part of what's going on. That's fascinating. Little known fact, I have tattoos on my back, Mm. and um, I had a vision of my entire back. I had a dream of my entire back covered in tattoos before I left on my walkabout. I got my first tattoo on the walkabout and I got my second one. So the first tattoo was a commitment to grandmother spider that was a 10 year commitment. And then the next tattoo was, uh, I was like 15 or 17 years later. And it was a statement of what had happened in the previous like five to 10 years. Right. It was a, it was a marker of, yeah, this is what's completing. Right. right. And I'm going, huh, I wonder if that's related to a Dasha change. Yeah, that would be fascinating to take a look at. And to try yeah, to see. It'd be really cool. <laughs> that's that's cool. See, I'm learning stuff. I, I love it when I get to learn stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Randy, how long have you been doing doing your spiritual work for a living? Uh, from uh, for a living. Yeah, so for me, this is my passion. This is what I do. So I'm always pursuing it, and I run the DC Alternative Meetup Group. I see this time and time again. People who get into this for the money, they get into it to make a living, don't succeed because you know they're not that interested in it. And this is the sort of thing that for years and decades, you have to always be going to every meeting there is, to be reading the different books about it. You need a long-term commitment. And so it, it should just flow naturally out of your interests. So since high school, I've been interested in this stuff. I started doing yoga and meditation and tai chi and stuff. And so I've always been learning and exploring. And particularly, I was philosophical. And as soon as I read Eastern philosophy, I like just dove in. And so that's been a real lifelong 
passion and I, I'm even currently um, studying acupuncture. So I'm, I'm always learning and taking a new, you know, the next chapter of learning. It's an endless journey. Yeah. To learn. I, I have to, I have to agree with that. My experience has been, and, and I tell people this because I, I did it the hard way. I did the dump your life and go out on your spiritual path. I divorced my husband. I sold the house. I gave him the dog. I sold my business and I went off and joined the circus. You know, I went off and joined the. But did you tie your camel? (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, and, and, you know, there was merit to that path, but it was also very financially challenging, especially since, Mm -hmm. you know, in the divorce, I agreed that I wasn't getting alimony. So, doing odd jobs here and there and picking up work and where I could and doing stuff, you know, it was, it was challenging financially to do it that way. So I'm, I agree with you that I think it's the better path for people is to, to, you know, keep your day job. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you think how many talented actors there are in New York and LA that work as waitresses, waiters and taxi drivers and this or that, and they're pers- do their passion and when they're able to do what their highest calling is they do that but in the meantime they do what they need to do to support themselves and, and yeah. that's and it, that's the way it works and it funds your journey right yeah 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 absolutely so you know we try and dis- we try and uh, dissociate money from spirituality but there is a certain amount of money you need to pursue your your path in some cases especially if you like to do th- cool things like you know go to retreats or buy programs yeah. or you know do that sort of stuff well and- uh, i essentially use the word dissociate cuz i would say a lot of people a lot of new agers whatever on the spiritual path dissociate period you know yes. it's like spiritual bypass and um you know, I was thinking about just the title of this. Um, it, it's kind of good to get clear of, so what are we talking about when we mean spiritual? Um, and to me, there's there's a spectrum of consciousness of energy, and there's some low frequencies and high frequencies, and they're just the different spectrum, like a light spectrum. And so yep. the more dense sp- spectrums are the more earthly things, and the higher vibrations are the more ethereal and spiritual. I, at this stage of my life, uh, come from things from a Jungian perspective. And in that perspective, the biggest drawback is to become too one-sided, become over-identified. And, you know, and it's funny, um, in the Chinese philosophy, because of the yin-yang, they say, if you go out of the balance in one extreme, you actually will flip into the opposite. Yeah. Which is another thing that's kind of so, as Buddha says, the middle path is the way of wisdom. And so keeping balance is really where it's at and trying to see all sides of things. I mean, there's a great quote by the, the physicist Bloom that for every incredible, profound, universal truth, the opposite of that is also true. And if you really grok that, that is great for blowing, being dogmatic and <laughs> things like that. And it's also interesting to think about in the Vedic system, there's different planets. So Venus is, is a teacher of the senses. And then there's Jupiter, which is teacher of, of the soul and the spirit. And both of those they have their dharma. They both have their purpose and meaning in life. And often spiritual people will demonize people who are 
sensualist and this and that. And people who are sensualist will tend to dislike people that are spiritually oriented and this or that. And, you know, artists is a great example of somebody who doesn't have to be spiritual. They're self-actualizing. They're using their creativity and manifesting what they want. And they're putting their visions into the world. And there's another important quote of, of Jung's that, in the second half of life, basically, you can say roughly 40, whatever, the main aspect of the spiritual journey is doing shadow work. You know, you don't have to get caught up in over imagining all these light worlds and things like that. It's how are you fooling yourself? What are the ways that you're not aware of and to shine light on those darker parts inside yourself? which takes a lot of ego strength, which is, is not an easy thing to do, but that's what the real work is all about when you get to the second half of life. Yeah, I was talking to one of my students recently and and he's just starting to dig into some of the stuff that, that's been, he's been avoiding for a while and he was just like, oh my God, this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's going to free you. It's yeah. totally yeah. going to free you. I mean, that's another thing, this beautiful thing of Indian philosophy says, you know, everything is vibration and a vibration moves in a wave. So the spiritual people, they talk about uh, moving from imperfection to perfection. And I, I prefer the model of moving to wholeness where you embrace everything. Yeah, Because if you understand that all movement is wave-like, then when you go up, it's going to be followed by a down and that you're constantly going to be often you have to go backwards in order to go forwards and all these kind of there's so many contradictions and paradoxes and things that you know we need to understand that there's not just one trajectory of oh things are always getting better and i'm always feeling more and more wonderful and this or that you know you uncover new junk to jump into and work with well and you you develop skills along the way too to help which of course absolutely yeah, it makes it easier as you go because, you know, you've learned something. Well, it makes it makes something easier. That's I mean, the best metaphor for that is the razor's edge. The spiritual path is the razor's edge. So, yeah. yeah, the higher you go, the farther you can fall. So easier, you know, I don't know. But it definitely is different. And you start to amass inner wealth that you can draw on, right. resources you can connect with. And that's what all healing is about. You know, my healing work, I'm a, I'm a licensed massage therapist. I specialize in cranial sacral work. And healing is all about getting your clients to be in touch with their resources so that they can heal. And Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. You know, spirituality is such a hodgepodge of stuff. It's one of the reasons why I started this podcast was there's so many different things out there. And there's so many mm. people right now who are... Uh, you know, Charlotte. Yoga, yoga sandals and yoga yogurt <laughs> and whatnot. White light and but, bunnies. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I like also just to share the, the yoga definition of dharma. That's their word for spirituality of doing your purpose. You know, the dharma of water is to pour down the hill and the dharma of fire is to burn and like that. So human dharma has four main aspects. There's being in the flow, particularly that's why if you go out in nature, you'll just feel there's a universal flow you can get in with. And there's expanding your mind. And that's another reason you always need to be learning because we always, and that's why you need to do spiritual practice. That's what meditation is. Your mind becomes what you focus on. So you need to spend some time every day turning your consciousness into the pure consciousness that it came from. And so taking that universal perspective and moving your 
the it's like a drop of water in the ocean so letting your mind dissolve back into that and doing service that's an, another thing that's really missing from a lot of new age stuff that can become narcissistic and too self-oriented you know a lot of people who do endless therapy they'd be better off just to go out and help somebody else and to see that wow you know a lot of people have it worse than i do and anyway as you open your heart you naturally have more love and you want to help other people help animal plants the whole world so that that's a natural expression of of the spiritual growth and unfolding so those are the main aspects and that's what spirituality is about the thing I see a lot with with specifically sort of beginners on the path is this this trying to be spiritual. I want to yeah. be spiritual. I'm going to sit in yoga pose and do it so right. A beautiful thing that the Jungians have about that is they say, if you have no spirituality in your life, your life will tend to be meaningless and purposeless. But if you're over-focused on I'm so spiritual and this or that, you'll be phony. You're going to be pretending right and so you need the happy medium and so again humor being able to laugh at yourself to be able to laugh at this so there's so much tragedy in life it's like you either laugh or you cry so better to laugh and uh, yeah kathy and i are always saying that you know we laugh a lot because this work is hard and if you didn't laugh you wouldn't make it <laughs> yeah yeah there's yeah. a zen koan that uh Laugh at yourself quickly before somebody else does. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I want to ask you guys, we've spent a little bit of, uh, quite a bit of time now talking about, you know, what is spirituality? What does that word mean in general? Mm -hmm. Randy, you talked a little bit about a practitioner and how mm -hmm. some people who are getting in. What would the two of you who are both experienced practitioners now, what would you guys say to the people who are saying, I, I do want to start to make a living doing this. I do believe in it. And I do want to follow my passion and not sit at the desk from nine to five. I want to be able to help people to be part of part of this space, part of this world. How would you recommend that people get started in this? And, you know, Randy, as the guest, why don't we start with you? Two things about that. The main, most important thing is is start learning different modalities and dive in and take the time and discipline and invest in educating yourself and see where you're drawn. Each person will have a different resonance with what tools, what method, what um, how they want to express that. But really um, do your training and be serious about it. And one thing's going to lead to another once you really have uh, learned a lot about a uh, particular thing, then you'll, you'll start to see how there's other modalities that can be brought in. And each person off, often, you know, the healing arts or the spiritual arts or, you know, divination with astrology and different things like this, th their intuitional practices, it, it's a much more of an art form than a science. So you have to digest what you learn and figure out how you express it, how it works for you and how you express your chosen gifts through that. And personally, uh, another kind of serious aspect that I bring to what I do is I always keep a foot in both worlds. So I'm also an EMT. I'm also a um, uh, certified nurse's assistant I'm doing hospice work. Uh, I'm a licensed massage therapist. I'm working on a master's in acupuncture. So, you know, constantly keeping... Um, both the alternative and mainstream things and so that helps with 
making it grounded and real. And, and that learning never ends. So you can always add more tools to the, your toolbox. And so when I mean, you come to people and you have something that's concrete that you can really help people with. And you've managed to get interviewed on like CNN and the Washington Post, right? Yeah, and NPR, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. for my astrology work. So, so yeah. how'd you get that gig going? It's sort of karma from, I for years, out of my own money, I ran the DC Astrology Meetup Group here in DC, and there, there had been a astrology community that had kind of fallen apart, so I sort of took it on myself and reorganized it. And because I took that lead and stuff, then I was kind of who came up when the post was looking for an astrologer. And you can't just rush to the front line and, and get those interviews. It's kind of a kind of grace or whatever. So I did the work. I had been consistently out there for years and was a leader in the community and was doing it to help other people and to, you know, was always bringing in different people to talk and so um, it just put me in a position where, where I got called on to do that. Once I sort of developed a name in the media, then other people saw that, oh, he's been interviewed by this person. Let's call him. And so it kind of steamrolled from that. Cool. Yeah. So one other question I had, and Randy, you brought it up there when you were talking about keeping a foot in both worlds, so, you know, the, the physical and the metaphysical kind of thing. When we talk about, making a living as a spiritual practitioner. It's one thing to do the work. It's one thing to to learn those modalities. That's all part of the passion piece of it. But something that people need to remember is that it's still a business, right? There's still a business component if you're going to try to make a living here. And a lot of people think that is, is pa- well, let me ask the, you guys, is passion enough to make a living doing this work? You got to have a business sense. Yeah, hundred percent. And you need yeah. to, you need all the skills. Yeah. yeah, you know you have to be the promoter. You have to be the marketer. It's a real slow, long haul, and you have to be at it always and keep adding the different skills, the practical things you you need to do to get your website, get your cards, and the marketing piece, and all the different pieces that you got to have in place. You got to not be afraid of technology. And, you know, you got to. <laughs> so, so one of the things that I've talked to spiritual entrepreneurs about a lot, and maybe you've seen this, Randy, is when you first get started, there's a way in which you are out there asking for validation from your clients. And therefore, you end up not charging as much as you would like to because half of their payment is validation. And so I would say that before you start charging, really get clear on the fact that you are good at what you do and don't be questioning it. Because if you question it a lot, then you're going to end up taking a lot less money for what you do and you won't be able to make a living at it. There's actually an energy in the morphic field of spirituality. There's an energy of poverty. And you have to overcome the energy of poverty in the morphic field in order to make a living doing your work in this fashion. And so that requires being really clear about the gifts that you bring. It requires being really clear about the value that you provide. You've got to clear your pathway to receiving as well. If you're one of those people who gives, 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 and never receives, you're going to have a hard time making a living in a spiritual practice, uh, in a spiritual path, because it's the, or in any, any business, path, honestly. Yeah. 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 Those things are crucial 
to get through before you even think about letting any of your work that you live on go away, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there, there's some people who fall in the trap of, well, it, it's spiritual, therefore I can't charge or this or that, which is fine if they want to do that as a service, but then you're not going to make a living off of that. Right. And, um, so if you really have spent the time and have, you know, devoted to develop this skill and to have something to offer to people, then, you know, so I recently, now I charge $150 for an hour astrology reading. So that took me a long time to get up to that level of charging that. And like you said, it's when you value yourself, then other people value you. And to the point that you made, Kelly, as people starting in this spiritual practitioner path, it's important that you start to recognize and de-demonize money for starters, but also realize that there needs to be some kind of energy exchange for you to to continue to give your gifts. You need to receive some sort of an energy exchange and money is part of that energy exchange because it, it allows you to do your work. If you don't receive something, then you're creating karmic debt. Yeah. And so yeah, you're, you're getting you're going to deplete yourself. Right? unless you're, Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So yep. there's a there's an aspect of that, Randy, you mentioned it. A lot of spiritual people who, who start on that path, they give, give, give. And like you said, if they're going to do that as a service, that's wonderful. But they're going to eventually run out of steam because they're going to eventually run out of the, the energy and the ability to, to give that. But if they want to make this their living, then they need to de-demonize that money aspect of it and realize that it's not – you're not stealing it from people. You're giving them something of value and they are giving you something of value. Yeah. And, you know, the vast majority of people I know who have done this for a long time have their day gig and then mm -hmm. they transition slowly yeah. if they are to doing it full time, if that's what they end up doing. Yeah. But wait uh, until you can't take any more clients on before you give up any of your existing income exactly. yeah. and make sure that you've got it too many clients for a while. <laughs> Start a waiting list. I started waiting. I had a, I had a guy I worked for in the beginning. He was a medium and he literally would only do three appointments a day and he would only work four days a week. And he had a year long waiting list. And so anytime he needed more money, he would just say, Hey, had a cancellation and pull somebody off the waiting list. And so he had a regular income guaranteed for a year. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. All right. Way to do it. This has been really informative. I think we, we actually touched on a lot more than just the idea of making a living as a spiritual practitioner, but we touched on really what spirituality is in general and sort of how you can just, you need to continue learning and maintain balance. I think, Randy, that was some, that was a great point that you made there. It's not just about being, I think, Kelly, you've mentioned in, in other episodes, the spiritual meme character that's on all over social media out there, um, who's a super spiritual guy and he's, he's, oh, oh, uh, JP. Awakening JP, with JP. Yes. yes. Uh, and, and there's there's an aspect of, of being so far gone that you actually flip and come back to the fake side. Um, and maintaining that balance is really important. And so this has been great. Thank you. Thank you both very much for sharing this with all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Astro DC is my website. That's okay. an easy one to remember. Okay. Perfect. AstroDC.com. Dot com. Dot yeah. com. Perfect. All right. We will check that out, folks. AstroDC.com. That's where you can get information about Randy. And also, if you've got questions about what you heard here today, you can send an email to Kelly, but why don't you come 
and join the Spirit Sherpa podcast after party Facebook group where you can ask questions into the group. Uh, there's lots of cool people in there. Randy, are you in that group yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, That's boy. That's a place to be. That's a place to be, exactly. It's a half and party. <laughs> it's a half and party. And that's where you can ask some questions and stuff. And we'll be able to see them. And maybe, hey, who knows? It's happened before. Might get an episode out of a question that's coming there. And Randy, uh, we didn't talk a lot about exactly how you do what you do. I want to take a moment, and I know that we're running over, so Joey's going to be unhappy because he's going to have Joey to Joey is, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay, because I really want you to talk about family constellation work. I want you to... Yeah, um, well, that's amazing stuff. It's energy psychology. It's not that well known in the U.S., but it's it started in Europe, and it's all over the world, so it's known a lot more in other places. But uh, all cultures uh, throughout history have really use the ancestors as a resource and um, they're aware of that. And so just as an animal totem or angels or any of these subtle uh, resources you can tap into, your ancestors are one and they're literally your roots, the roots of your being. And so when you connect with that ancestral energy, it can be really powerful way to, to just put some wind in your sails and connect with the love and life force that's, that gave you life. And just to get a chance to stand in other people's shoes and to be able to see how burdened they were and the, the things that, that often happen in families where the wounding happens, they, they weren't trying to do that to you. They just were so burdened they couldn't do any better. They didn't know about the other options. So to learn not to take these wounds personally. Um, so it's, a, it's amazing work. I do one-on-one -on -one work with people over the phone, over Zoom. So that's something that people can look at my website. There's more information there. And there's, you know, tons of books and stuff on the internet. So family constellation work, it's very powerful stuff. It but, seems really yeah. cool. Yeah. Really cool. Kathy does that. And, and one of the practitioners that we work with in Richmond here also does it. And I've been part of it. I, I'm not a facilitator, but I've, I've participated in many constellations in group settings and live, live space. And it is some of the deepest work I've seen happen in, in very short periods of time. Yeah. They call it soul work. It really goes very deep and has huge impact. It really changes people's life. So that's that's why I got into it. It's really yeah. effective. Super cool. And it takes a huge amount of training to get yeah. certified. I did a, a two-year training, including a year with a teacher that came from Germany. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Kathy cool. traveled all over the world to get her trainings. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's intense. So it's it's yeah. and it has to be because it's amazingly deep stuff. Yeah. 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 Very, very cool. All right, folks, that is all that we're going to have time for today. I'm not letting you ask any more questions, Kelly. We are done. <laughs> but I want to. I know. But I'm shutting so you. Interesting. I'm shutting it down. <laughs> it is. Time. It's have very interesting. Yes, we'll have, back. we'll have Randy back. Uh, but folks, a couple of things before we wrap up here, obviously, go to kellysparta.com where you can uh, subscribe to Kelly's mailing list so you can get all kinds of good tidbit information there. And speaking of subscribing subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you're listening to it out there in podcast land rate the show let others know what you think about it not just when you're rating it but share it with your friends and family you know maybe when you're at your family gatherings tell them about spiritual because it really is a great way 
to get these bite-sized chunks of the work that's being done and the energy and the magic world, which there's so much, you say it all the time, Kelly, there's so much out there. It's so difficult to navigate, which is why you chose the name Spirit Sherpa for the show, because you're trying to help people get what's important along their path. Yeah. All right. Is there anything that either of you want to say as a final last word wrap up before we head out today? Astro, A-S-T-R-O-D-C dot com. And is there anything you want to, any specific services? I know we talked about quite a bit of what you do, but is there anything you yeah, want to no, promote? I, mean, I, I do astrology readings and you get the Western and Vedic and um, and I do family constellation one-on-one. Yeah. I also do tarot. I'm, I'm come the Renaissance fairs coming up here in Maryland. So I, I do tarot and palm reading there. And, but um, yeah, it's mainly astrology and uh, one-on-one family constellation. Excellent. Awesome. Anything from you, Kelly? If you're thinking about doing this work, schedule a discovery call with me before you decide and I can help you navigate that. That's a great point. Yeah, it's a great idea. All right, folks, that is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Randy Goldberg, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 hours, I leave behind a Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Production. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.